Hello, everyone. Welcome to That's Lame. I'm Amara McKenzie, and I'm your host of this very podcast. And yeah, welcome. I'm so glad that you are listening to the first episode. I am an avid podcast listener myself. I'm personally an auditory learner, if you know what that means, which I'll just explain it to you. It means that you learn by listening. Kind of self-explanatory in the name, but I learn a lot by listening to other people. So even if it's like a book or something, I really prefer to listen to it. And I've always liked listening to podcasts. So I figured why not start one myself and I've kind of been pondering what that could look like for a long time and I finally came up with an idea. I called this podcast That's Lame because one, I just feel like it really fits my personality because I often just say it how it is and so I'm going to be calling some things out. I'm going to be talking about things that I'm passionate about but talking about it from a Christian perspective and trying to really um, really just portray the character of Christ as best I can. Um, when I talk about these topics, I'm definitely going to be reliant on scripture first and foremost, um, but also just give you my personal life experience. So again, so happy that you're here today. We are going to be talking about authenticity. This episode is called being fake is lame, which it is, but a lot of us are fake. A lot of the time, including myself. So before I jump in to the actual content of this podcast, I'm going to be sharing a verse with you guys that I think really just emphasizes the importance of authenticity within the body of Christ. The verse I'm sharing to you guys to d- with you guys today is Romans 12, 1 through 21, which says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. This verse is so encouraging to me because it really just emphasizes the fact that the body has many parts and each of us play a different role in life. And that is why God has given us really distinctly unique personalities, even down to the way we look. And I think that that is something to be celebrated. And I think it's something that we lack celebrating. But also, I think another aspect of that verse is that we need to be authentic with each other. We need to present our bodies as living sacrifices and let our lives be worship to our holy God and creator. So, well, okay. If you know me, you know that I... I don't want to say pride myself, but I really value authenticity. And I also just think that if you really highly value 
it's a character trait, you should be exhibiting it yourself. So I am by no means perfect at this. Like, I'm absolutely not perfect at it. A lot of times I'm quite bad at it, but I really try to be as authentic as possible, sometimes to a fault because I have a hard time thinking positively a lot of the time. But authenticity is something that has not come easy to me. Um, it almost was something that I had to embrace because a lot of times I was put in situations where I was very clearly different than everyone in the room. The way that I think is very different than my peers from what I've experienced. And it's been a really isolating experience for me. I remember the first time that I really felt different was in first grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first grade. I, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to say it was third grade. Yep. I, I forgot what year it was. <laughs> in third grade, I switched elementary schools um, because my family moved um, to a new area. So I switched elementary schools and I was pretty badly bullied at that school. And I don't use that word lightly. People called me Malaria Mara. Actually, I think that was in middle school. But people called me names a lot. And I remember one of my best friends told me I was a brat that year. And in elementary school, that was a pretty harsh diss. So, yeah. And I think I would have, like, accepted it had I done something wrong. But it just seemed like wherever I went, things like that always followed me. There was always just drama around me. But I was never a problematic person. Like, I just seemed to carry this way about me that made people uncomfortable and I remember this one girl was having a birthday party and she said that I wasn't invited she invited our whole class except for me and said that I would only come because I wanted a party favor ridiculous maybe I did want the party favor but um yeah that really hurt me because I really value like my character and loyalty and I've always really been someone who's concerned with um, my integrity and that's just not a way that I would describe myself so I was so confused why people were describing me in that way and when I moved into middle school I started to experience similar feelings but I had moved to a public middle school during this time and I just realized that I was a lot more moralistic than the people around me uh, saved so I definitely had the Holy Spirit in me but I really badly wanted to be like all these other kids around me but I just couldn't I couldn't bring myself to even like say a swear word or do anything like that I was literally in sixth grade so now looking back I'm like that's so young to be pressured into drugs and all these different things that my peers were doing and it was really isolating so I can just remember this feeling of loneliness just like crippling me from a really young age. And I actually was listening to this song the other day that's in a movie that I was obsessed with when I was a kid. And um, it's from a movie called Flicka, which is a horse movie. And I, fun fact, was obsessed with horses growing up. I still am. I really want to have a ranch one day and own horses. Um just because I think they're awesome. I really haven't been around them all that much, but I love them and I think they're so cool. And in this movie, there's a scene where the main character is going home from boarding school 
back to her family ranch and she's the last person on the bus and there's this song playing and the road is completely empty it's just her on this bus by herself and it was such a lonely scene and I remember like identifying with it so much it's one of the reasons I loved that movie because I was really comforted by this scene where the girl was by herself and I think that just kind of explains the depth to which I felt emotion like even at a young age and how much I really sort of had to figure out ways to be okay with the fact that I was feeling seemingly feeling different things than the people around me but also just was different um and if you don't know I grew up with three brothers so there's also the layer of I didn't have like a sister um to confide in or like even compare my life to I just kind of felt like I was forging my own path and I always felt that way um and I love that I love that I'm independent and I don't feel like I have to follow anyone's lead except for the lords of course but I think It also was just isolating in a lot of ways because I felt like all my brothers have someone to look to in a way. I guess not my older brother, but my younger brothers have someone to look to in in the way of like, what kind of things am I going to be into? At what age should I start doing certain things or feeling certain things? And I just didn't really have that. So as you can imagine, I was a pretty emo little middle schooler. And when I was about to go into high school, I will talk about this way more in depth another time, but I started dating a guy who was a lot older than me, and that was a very traumatic experience in a lot of ways, but it was another, just another chance for me to feel isolated and alone and like I was really different because I was experiencing so many things that other people around me just weren't and so all throughout high school there would be months where I would go like months would go on that I was just like okay life's good I have everything anyone could ever ask for I was on the cheer team I had all these friends life is good but then like a wave of emotion would just hit me And I think I just always thought of things in a much deeper way than the people around me. And that's not to be like, oh, I'm so much more intellectual than them. Because I don't think that at all. I literally was so bad in school, in high school. But I think that it was just, again, super isolating. I felt weird just in my own skin. And I had to move my junior year to California and I always talk about that. If you watch my YouTube channel, I talked about that all the time and because it, it was such a formative part of my youth. And that was a tr- really tricky experience for me. And I just, as my life was going on, I was realizing more and more like, wow, God has made me in, and I don't really think I had this insight then at all, but I was like, wow, God has really made me different than all these people. And I was mad at him for it. And going into college, I didn't want to be my high school self. I didn't want to feel all the things that I felt in high school and middle school and elementary school for all these years. I just always felt different. I always felt like I had all these things about me that were just unexplainable that was different than other people. 
and going into college, I was like, okay, you know what? I just want to have a good time. Like, I just want to make my friends. I want to get closer to the Lord. I'm just going to try and have the best time possible. And my freshman year, that worked out for me for a couple months. But then, of course, all of these emotions started to creep in again. And I just realized how exhausting it was to keep up this facade of just like being the funny girl, being the fun girl, um, being the most spiritual girl in the room, just like whatever kind of person I was trying to convince people I was, was getting so tiring. And I think that really put a strain on certain relationships in my life during that time. And it was just really hard. And I just didn't really feel super affirmed in what I was feeling because it's not like I was just like in keeping that in the dark. I was telling people about it, but I didn't really feel like anyone understood. And so I just felt really, really alone. And so freshman year ends, COVID is happening. I'm just like going through the motions kind of. And I come back to Liberty. If you don't know, I go to Liberty University for college. Almost done there, but um, I come back to Liberty for my sophomore year and everyone is just talking about the Enneagram. And I heard about it my freshman year, but I really didn't have any interest. I was like, okay, like, what is this? I don't understand. I would have people tell me like what I was all the time. They'd be like, oh, you're a seven. I think you're this. I think you're a three, whatever. I'm like, okay, like, I don't know what that means. So I was a little curious about it, but I was just like, eh. Because another fun fact about me is I love not following trends. So if something's popular, I automatically hate it. It's not healthy, I know. Um, but it's something I deal with all the time. So the Enneagram was another one of these things. And I was just like, okay, whatever, the Enneagram. But something changed in me my sophomore year. I was like, curious about what is this Enneagram? What's the vibe? I don't know. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take this test. And I was told by someone who was a very Enneagram knowledgeable that you should have your friends answer for you because you need an objective perspective and you don't want to project what you want to be onto like what you actually are, which makes sense. So obviously you'd want like your close friends to do this because if you just ask like some, I don't know, side piece friends, hello, to do it for you, they probably wouldn't get the answers right. So I asked my friends to answer for me and... Okay, before I say any of this, also, I should just make this disclaimer that I know the origins of the Enneagram, and I still feel like it's a tool to understand who you are, and, like, I by no means, like, go up to people and ask them what their Enneagram is all the time. No, that's definitely not me. Probably was me sophomore year, but I'm not, like, an Enneagram freak or anything. I promise I just think that it was super helpful for me in like embracing my personality and my authenticity. So I'm taking this test, taking it with my friends. They're answering for me and I find out I'm a four and I've taken it by myself too. And I've also found that I'm a four and everything just makes sense. Like all of these feelings that I've felt my whole life, all of these thought patterns that I've gone through made sense. Like I'd never resonated more with anything in my life than being a four. And if you know anything about fours or if you know a four, 
it's really not the funnest thing to be a four. <laughs> I'm a four wing three. And also that's subject to change. Like I could totally be any of the Enneagram numbers. We actually are all of them. We're just identify more with different ones. But I found out as a four and I was just blown away by how accurate it was in just so many ways. I feel like it could be helpful if I read to you the description of a four. Let me just pull it up. Okay. So fours are self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. They are emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but can also be moody and self-conscious. LOL. Withholding themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective, they can also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. They typically have problems with melancholy, self-indulgence, and pity. At their best, inspired and highly creative, they're able to renew themselves and transform their experiences. Basic fear, they have no identity or personal significance. Basic desire to find themselves and their significance. So I am Enneagram 4 Wing 3, which is the aristocrat. That just makes me think of that movie about cats. Isn't there a movie with cats like who play the piano and it's called the aristocrats? I need to look it up now. No, that is not a thing. What is that movie? Cats playing piano movie. That I feel like is going to give me a weird search result. I swear it's called the aristocrats. Oh, it's the aristocats. So I wasn't far off. That is a movie. I've never seen it. But anyway, that in brief is what a four is. As you can tell, it sounds terrible. Whenever I read the four description, I'm like, dang, that sucks that that's actually me. Um, but no, this whole episode is about being positive about yourself and like who you are. So I need to not say that. But um, yeah, so I found out I was a four and I was like, okay, like, honestly, this makes sense. Probably played into it a little more than I should have, but it seriously was so helpful to me to just identify, okay, like these are my strengths in my personality and these are my weaknesses and just being aware of them was so helpful to me. And I think that there's a tendency for people who are really into the Enneagram to just use it to kind of explain away their sin or explain away certain things that they do that aren't the best. And I never want to be that person. I think that being like identifying with an Enneagram has allowed me to understand myself in a way that I wouldn't have without it and also just feel like I'm not as alone so I feel like that really allowed me to just kind of like play into who I am and just be super proud of the positive attributes that I do have and what I do bring to the table um but also you know sometimes your strengths can also be weaknesses and I'll talk about that later but so yes finding out the Enneagram that I was really helped me to identify with something bigger than myself that was super specific to my personality. And there's been so many times in my life where I've been like, God, why did you make me this way? And I've been talking to my friend Sila about it a lot. If you didn't know, I'm in Rome right now. I am on a mission strip. So I'm living with two awesome girls. One is Sila and one is Riley. And Sila and I have been talking a lot about how, like, wow, I just 
honestly totally forgot my train of thought. I need to listen to that back. LOL. Okay, I remember now. We have been talking a lot about how it's so cool that God has designed us all so uniquely. And one day we'll understand why. Uh, He has made us with so many unique quirks and just ways of thinking. And even just all of our faces are different. All of our inner workings are different. All of the callings in our lives are different. And it's one thing to sit and be like, God, why did you make me this way? Like, I don't understand because our differences can be really hard, especially when you're in a room full of people who seem to think the same. They think to, seem to act the same. They seem to like all the same things. It can be so hard to feel different in those moments, but I feel like something I've been learning super recently is just that it doesn't have to always be a negative experience. It can be so comforting to have someone who's different, who brings something different to the table and know that that's not something of our own doing. That's God's specific design for you and your life. Um, so yeah. And also just counseling has allowed me to really play or not play into, I keep saying play into like I'm playing a part, which I'm entirely not. This is a podcast on authenticity. So that's a bad word to be using, but, um, going to counseling has really allowed me to like look at myself from a very deep and different perspective because I'm somebody who likes to see things from all sides whenever I'm discussing a topic or just thinking about something that happened in my own life I want to think about it from every perspective and want to understand how every person and every brain like might have thought about the situation and that can be really tiring but Counseling really allowed me to do that in my own life and even look at a lot of relationships in my life and just areas where like my needs weren't being met, like even just in friendship. And I think it allowed me to look at myself in such a just a unique way that allowed me to branch out more. I met one of my bestest friends, Greta, during counseling and it was so cool to look back because I had to leave my counselor because I I moved out of Virginia I will explain all of this in more in depth at another later time but I'm moving from Virginia so I had to stop going to the counselor I was seeing there which, which she was awesome I loved her so much she was the best counselor I ever had so if you've gone to counseling and had a bad experience you might just not like your counselor because I've had lots of bad experiences at counseling And this counseling experience was awesome. So I hope that you guys get to have that experience someday. But I met my best friend, Greta, during the time I was going to counseling. I was also rooming with one of my other really good friends, one of my other best friends, Haley. Um, Haley Bean, shout out. Um, And it just really allowed me to reflect on how good those relationships were, honestly, and how they just encouraged me, like, in who I was. It's so important to surround yourself with people who are encouraging you and who you are. And that doesn't mean affirming sin. It's not like Greta or Haley or even like Sila and Riley that I've been with this summer have looked at me and been like, oh, like it's totally fine that you're being, you're having a ton of self-pity right now and being negative. Like that's okay. Like no, there's times to call that out and be like, okay, you need to have a more positive perspective um, and 
I think it, but it's also important to have people in your life who are like, you're awesome. Like, I love the way you think. I love the way you relate to the world. And I'm curious about you. I think that's something that I've also just learned to really value in friends, like being curious. And it also has allowed me to do that for others. Like, I love to be curious about people and listen to them and, and really strive to understand just to seek to understand more than I seek to be understood is what something that I've been like something that I've been reflecting on a lot recently and striving for because I think often I feel really misunderstood so I'm missing people because I think that they misunderstand me so I can't understand them but it's super important for us to look at other people with curiosity and just seek to understand them and even this summer I've really grown in my confidence um, because of being surrounded by people who are super encouraging of me in my giftings and in who I am and even just like little things like, oh my gosh, you look awesome today, which makes the biggest difference in people's confidence. And I don't think we realize how big of an impact we have on the way people relate not only to the world, but to themselves. Um, so counseling was really helpful for me in that. And I think it's important to have someone who's asking you good questions. And I think that's something that counseling really provides. Um, but also you need to have friends that are asking you good questions. If your friends aren't asking you good questions, I feel like it's just a sign of like one, they might not be thinking about you in, in a way of like seeking to understand you. Or you guys might just be experiencing like a plateau and like we're we're not really walking together right now, which is okay. But I think it's super important to encourage people and um, to be surrounded by people who are curious about you. Another thing that I've absolutely been so reliant on throughout striving to be authentic is Christ. Who would have thought? Um, Christ lived a very authentic life. And I think a lot of people will say like, yeah, Jesus was, he was so polarizing and problematic and blah, blah, blah. Like not problematic maybe, but I feel like a lot of people say like, oh, Jesus wasn't popular. Like he said the truth. And there's just this side of like that. And, but then also people are like, oh, Jesus, you know, he's just love and all these things. But Jesus told the truth, but he told it in love. And he lived in such an authentic way that was lonely. Um, I can't imagine how lonely Jesus was living in a world that he didn't belong to. He stepped down from heaven to be with us. And I can just imagine that that was a lonely experience. Because Jesus didn't have, like, all these people pouring into him. Like, he was teaching And he was serving. And I think that is a big thing that I've had to learn is we need to serve others. As important as it is to be authentic and to understand ourselves, I think being authentic really is service and being confident in who you are so that you can encourage others and you can seek to understand others and to serve them. Once I was walking back, and I'm not one of those people that's like, God told me this, and God said that, and whatever. I don't think that's a bad thing, but I just don't really say that a lot because I'm always pretty, I'm kind of a skeptic, and like, I don't know if God was the one that said that, but 
this particular time, I really did experience the voice of God in my life. And I was walking back from the library at school and there was a situation that I was super frustrated with. There was a person who was expecting something from me and I just didn't feel like it was fair. I was like, ugh, like I said out loud, like this just isn't fair. And I really clearly felt God say to me, aren't you glad I didn't do what was fair for you? Because God died for my sin. He took my place on the cross so that I could be justified and have a right relationship with the Father. And that's not fair. <laughs> like, I don't deserve that at all. I'm sinful and I'm deprived and I have no good in, in me without Christ. So for him to see me and want to know me and love me enough to die for me isn't fair. And that's something that's super stuck with me um, throughout my life in that like, at least like God didn't do what was fair. He didn't just only seek to know those who sought to know him. He came so that we would know him. And I think that that is something that is so powerful in just recognizing his walk here on earth. Another thing that has really inspired me to be authentic, I listened to the Becoming Something podcast, which I know a lot of young Christian people do, and I'm glad because it is truly a wealth of knowledge. Um, Jonathan Bakluda is such a wise leader, and I think he's a great voice for our generation of 20-somethings, and I've had the pleasure of meeting him once, and he has just never ceased to amaze me in how authentically he lives. He's just so honest, even with hard things like sin, and I've never seen a pastor be so bold as to say very publicly, like, I'm struggling with this sin, and I struggled with this last night, and I had to confess it, and I think it's just such a admirable practice to be so authentic and so yielded to the Holy Spirit and that you just have no pride in yourself. Like there's nothing great about Mara McKenzie. Like I think God has made me in a beautiful way and I'm I'm not going to discount that. But there's really nothing special about me at the end of the day. I'm going to die and people are going to forget me and all my sins are going to be exposed in heaven anyway. So why wouldn't I just live an authentic life here in a life that is glorifying to God and God alone? And I think Jonathan Bakluda is someone who does that really well. And by no means am I saying like to put him on a pedestal at all. But anyway, I just wanted to share that that podcast and just him in general has really inspired me to be more authentic, be more honest. I think there's just a lot of times where I'll be listening to the podcast and he'll say something and I'm just like, wow, that's, that's very honest. And it never comes off in like a prideful way, at least to me. And also just like from meeting him, I know, I feel like I know a little bit of his heart and just how authentic he truly is. And it's just cool to see somebody who has that platform and is also pastoring a church be so humble as to confess sin and just be honest about what the Bible says, honestly.
I think something else that I mentioned earlier about authenticity is also acknowledging that your strengths in your authenticity can be a weakness in certain situations. For example, I feel like I'm a pretty honest person emotionally. If I feel tired, I'm probably going to tell you I'm tired and I'm probably going to act tired. But I know a lot of people, especially my friends here, they're super high energy, but I know that they've told me like, I don't always have energy, but I just act like I do. And honestly, I feel like there's obviously times where that's not the healthiest, but I think there's times where it is helpful because, for example, we were on our way to Rome and our flight got canceled last second. There's a curfew for flights in Frankfurt, Germany. Really random. Don't know what's going on in Frankfurt, but shout out Frankfurt. Um, You can't take off past 11 and we were literally on the runway taking off and it was 11.02 and we had to get out of the plane and had to get a hotel room. So we're sitting in the airport. We've been traveling for 25 hours. It's literally like 2 a.m. They can't find a hotel room for us. So I'm tired and I am a little grumpy. (laughs) I'm a little bit of a grouchy grouch and I didn't exactly hide that. I don't think I was like particularly rude to anyone you can ask my team maybe they have a different story lol but also my parents definitely have a different story because I called them and was very rude to them I will confess just in the just in the spirit of being authentic I called my parents and I was very rude to them so that wasn't okay but my team was super positive and just like let's just make the best of it they literally made a rap in the airport and they were just like Let's rap about this experience and send it to our group chat full of all the people who are doing the missions uh, project that we're doing this summer. And they just had fun with it. And I think that is so admirable. But that's somewhere where my strength of being emotionally authentic was a weakness. But also it can be a strength in that I have no problem in leading and being vulnerable most of the time. Like if I had a bad day... And we're all sharing about our day and how we felt during the day. Like, I'll say, I had a bad day today. Like, I cried today. I didn't understand why God had me here. I'm pulling a lot of um, examples from this mission trip just because it's what I'm currently living. Um, So that's the time where it was a strength. And then it opens up doors for other people to be vulnerable. But, yeah, I think it's just important to acknowledge that our strengths in ways that we are really impacting certain rooms with positivity and with um, an authentic nature that's that's really glorifying to God. There's also times where that's not not a positive thing. And obviously we don't we aren't perfect. We can't be perfect, but I think it's it's very valuable to reflect back on those types of things because now I definitely want to be more positive. I want to have a more positive outlook next time I get stuck in the airport, Lord willing, (laughs) I will be more of a positive person and try to encourage people around me rather than just sit and stew and like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired and I really want to go to bed right now because now it's two weeks later and that's just a funny memory. So it's funny how we blow things up in our minds. And anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But lastly, I was reminded of this the other day 
by one of my mentors and it's such a valuable piece of advice because I'm always someone who's just like, I need to improve. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to change all of these things about me. I need to pinpoint where my strengths or weaknesses. I need to pinpoint where I messed up in certain situations and fix them. And I think that that is a helpful thing a lot of times, but it's also a very self-deprecating and self-destructive part of my personality in some senses. And she just said to me, like, Mara, you need to rely that the whole, on the Holy Spirit to sanctify you and to change your heart in every way that it needs to be changed. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's why the Holy Spirit is in me. It's to sanctify me and to pull out the sin within me. And it was just so encouraging to be reminded of that. Because I'm like, as much as it's a good thing that I want I want to be sanctified and I want to look more like Christ daily, but that's not going to happen overnight. It's also not going to be a fun experience a lot of the time because I feel like the summer has been a very sanctifying experience and it's also been a really, really hard one. And it's only week three (laughs) out of a lot of weeks. So yeah, I think my last piece of advice would just be to rely on the Holy Spirit, pray and ask that he would Reveal sin in your life. Reveal areas where you do need to improve and uh, be made more like Jesus. Um, in like every way. But that is a process. And it's okay if that takes your whole life. I honestly hope it does. Because if it ever stops, I'm not sure that it did. <laughs> You might just not be aware of it or striving to be sanctified because I think our whole life is a sanctification process. So, yeah, that's basically the first episode. Um, My prayer is that this would just encourage you to lean into who you are more um, and lean into who God has made you to be and know that it was for a purpose. I think a lot of times... We can be hard on ourselves about our little quirks or our little personality differences, especially where when we're in group situations or we just really want to be like someone. Um, it's important to remind ourselves that, one, we should only be trying to be like the Lord. But two, the God is a personal God, and the way that he specifically made you is valuable, and it's for a purpose, and it's for a reason, and... I think only when we get to heaven will we be able to know that purpose in its fullness. But there are definitely sweet tastes of it in this life. Um, Yeah, so keep being you, LOL. Just kidding. Kind of. Keep being you, but also everything else I just said. Keep being authentically yourself. Um, I think... One thing that I really strive to be is unconventionally authentic. I want people to be surprised by how authentic I am. And I hope that's the same for you. And my authenticity is going to look entirely different from yours. So, yeah, be authentically who you are, not authentically who Sally down the street is or Benny up the road is. So... I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if any of this made any sense, but I pray that it did and that it was encouraging. 
because I know that authenticity is a lonely thing and it can be a lonely and hard topic to even think about in your own life. So I hope that this was encouraging for each of you. I'm so excited to be starting this podcast. I hope to post weekly, but I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but that is my hope. I have a lot of exciting episodes coming up. The next episode to give you a sneak peek is called college is lame. And we're going to be talking about all things college. So if you're interested in that, tune in next week. Also, if you're not following our Instagram, please follow the Instagram. It's at that's lame podcast. And you can get updates on when new episodes are coming out and also just get little sneak peeks into my personal life. If you want to follow my personal Instagram, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Hope you're having a great day and I'll see you later. Keep being not lame.